Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from Timorous Tabaxi to Tall Timber. And today, we're tackling the Tarrasque. All right, Brian, it's the end of the year, and I wanted to end the year big, so I grabbed the biggest monster I could find and decided to talk about it. How big? The biggest. Not as big as you would think, though, if you actually look at the canon lore. Like, I would homebrew this thing to be bigger, but that being said, it's still really big. Okay. The Tarrasque. Do you know who and what the Tarrasque is, Brian? I don't know who the Tarrasque is, because I've never (laughs) talked to him, but um, I I have heard rumors of it. I've seen it in the the Monster Manual. It's a fairly legendary D&D monster. It is technically a D&D original, um, and it's generally... The strongest monster. That's kind of its thing. It's the strongest monster. It's the it's the Hulk. Yeah, it's a, I believe it's a CR thirty. I think it's it's oh. it's a beast. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so originals we've covered on the show the Abolith. Oh, the we've Tarrasque. covered Beholder. That's another Beholder. original. Um, I mean we've we've covered a few originals. It's hard to keep them all straight. Yeah, but well, like uh, true originals. True originals. I, feel, I feel like there's some that are you know. Yeah, there's some like, like dragons or kobolds and yeah. orcs and ogres. No, like okay, so we got the Trask, Abolith, Beholders. Um, the Illithids. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we've covered quite a few, but nice. this is the biggest one. Nice. So the Tarrasque is essentially a gargantuan bipedal lizard uh, or lizard-like creature that has but one instinct. Eat, kill, destroy. Yeah. Doesn't it look like a turtle kind of? like? It does have kind of a shell on its back, yeah. but the shell kind of also extends up its up its neck and onto its head and down its tail as well. That's cool. But it does have kind of a... Um, a blastoise yeah, shell upon like a its giant back. turtle dinosaur. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay. Um, it, it's considered to be the single most powerful creature that's native to the material plane. Okay. 
Um, it is portrayed as a 50 foot tall and 70 foot long T-Rex like monster with broad and muscular body and a thick brown carapace that's like, again, on its head all the way down its back and, and on its tails. Also, its tail has uh, spikes. And as a matter of fact, its whole carapace has spikes that kind of line uh, all the way down. Nice. It's like a big meaty dinosaur. Yeah, like a stegosaur or whatever. Yeah, more like a more like a T Rex or like Godzilla. This so is basically it, Godzilla. So this does it is stand the on two legs. Then um, it does for the most part. Although oh, wow. there have okay. been additions where it does kind of crawl on. All I feel four. like it. Uh, like when I look at it, it's like a big. It does slouch bed. pretty pretty deeply. So okay. I, it, it kind of goes back and forth, hmm. but it's considered to be bipedal. Nice. Um, it has wow that that made it a lot scarier in my brain for some reason. Oh, that it stands like, on two it's legs, like that much taller. Yeah, like, it's true. Just that much that's harder true. to get to your face. Um, it has spikes that protrude from its chin, its neck, its elbows, its shell, and also has these two signature like horns that come forward, oh. kind of like a triceratops. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, oh yeah, and just razor sharp teeth and razor sharp sharp claws. I mean. Like if you if you're a human and you can tell that the claws are sharp, they're really fucking sharp because you're like basically got a magnifying glass on this bad boy. Right. Indeed. For killing. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't so, it redundant to have like a like horns that big? Like if they, to use them as weapons, they're more uh, like smashing tools at that well, point. Well, and yeah, that's very much what they're used for. They're use they're ramming tools that usually ram down um, mountains or walls or or whatever building is in its way. <laughs> Fuck this now, mountain. the lore says it's fifty feet tall. Which is pretty big. That's very big. That's but like big. I've always pictured the Tarrasque more like more in Godzilla level. Yeah, like hundreds of feet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Especially with all the legendary lore around this thing basically being unstoppable. And that's kind of the the Tarrasque deal is it is unkillable, unstoppable. It's like the Juggernaut and Wolverine put together. Like (laughs) it heals, it, 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 it cannot die, and if it it breaks mountains in half as it marches through effortless, effortlessly is kind of its deal. A 50-foot monster breaking a mountain down is like... A little ridiculous. Yeah, that, yeah, so you would picture it to be bigger. Like Exactly. I'm in exactly. view of a mountain, and I, the 50-foot creature, like, yeah. physically, that doesn't add up to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. It would be like a blue whale, like, growing legs and, like, marching up out of the ocean and, like, <laughs> right. punching a building. <laughs> right, right, exactly. More um, like that. Yeah, exactly. So I would homebrew bigger, but either way, the cannon says 50 feet tall, 70 feet long, huge monstrosity. Yeah, I mean, like all all of that aside, that is very big. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely, very very big. So the raw strength and resilience of the Trask is is really the stuff of legend. the The carapace that's on its back is said to be completely impenetrable by all forms of like attacks. Period in story, spell or weapon, like even magic missile, even magic missile, <laughs> like it'll hit it, but it just won't do anything. Oh, it just didn't do any damage. Um, furthermore, the Trask is immune to all fear and charming um, tactics or abilities. It's uh, immune to paralysis. It's immune to poison. It's immune to fire. Um, and its attacks and here, here, that's kind of a big thing about it. The attacks that it makes completely ignore all forms of resistances and immunities oh, cool. regardless of whatever magic spell you're casting. It's just passively debuffing everybody. Exactly. Okay. It just it is unstoppable. Well is, is the idea here. Is the idea here. Yeah. <laughs> it so, has a stat block and it has then, a stat block. You know if it has a stat block, it theoretically could be stopped. Now the five E lore really does skip over the unkillable part. That was kind of always a thing about the Trask and it's just not mentioned in the monster manual. Well like that's 
I, I when you tell me something's unkillable and I have a sword, I'm, I think like, mm, eh, well, I have a sword. Is it though? Yeah, yeah like I've I, killed I a lot saying. of things. Well, it was it was really built into the actual mechanics of the Tarrasque, which we'll we'll get into a little bit later. Oh, okay. It, it was just bas- well, well, we can get into it you now. Probably put it back to sleep. Or if something, I right? if I remember correctly, in previous editions, um, by knocking the Tarrasque down to zero, you can then use a wish spell to send it back to sleep deep beneath the earth. Oh, to shit. rise again another day. But you in have the to burn future. a ninth level wish exactly. to do it. And yeah, and that won't even kill you. If you if you use the wish to wish it dead, it will just go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> I wish you were dead. I can't do that, but I, I'll do the thing closest yeah, to it. Yeah, but I'll, I'll meet you halfway. They say sleep is the cousin of death. Indeed. All right. So put it in a full Nelson, hit it with a baseball bat until it falls asleep, and Basically. then bury it. Basically, okay. <laughs> so, so it's you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that this we're going to retitle this to "How to Kill the Tarrasque." How to kill the Tarrasque. You can't, but you can you can make it go memes. <laughs> so it's said that there was only one Tarrasque, for there was only one ever created. No, <laughs> and then the gods were like, "Oh fuck, oh we fucked up." So the, the like, how it was created is a is is a bit conflicted, but the most common lore says that the Tarrasque was originally created by the Primordials, who we have really not talked about much on this show, um, as an engine of war to destroy the gods and eat the world. Now, if you think of D&D gods, especially in the 4E, was the the Dawn War Pantheon. Okay. If you think of the D&D gods as like the Olympians in Greek mythology. Right. And if you think of the Primordials, like Titans. Oh, okay. Kind of like that. Neat. The Primordials were there first. They were the ones kind of like doing stuff and creating stuff. Yeah. But the gods came along and they wanted to bring all that chaos into order. And so okay. they did. It started a war. And the Primordials ultimately lose. Okay. But there's a long war between the gods, if you will, that, you know, in time immemorial. And so the Primordials created the Tarrasque. That's like uh, that's like how the humans tried had to create like Master Chief and like Spartans in the yeah, Halo, sure. Halo verse. Sure, there's like, an analog do something. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, the idea here is that the Tarrasque is designed not only to kill the gods, but once the gods are dead, like now destroy the prime material plane because the prime material plane is really like a, a spit in the eye of the primordials because it's made up of the stuff that they made, like earth, fire, water, all the elements. Yeah, it's Captain Planet, but turned into this stagnant order that the primordials hate because they're okay. all about chaos. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Tarrasque is literally designed to devour the world, um, if you go by that lore. Now, there is other lore that claims that it was actually the creation um, of an ancient and evil cabal of wizards. And okay. That, and that's all that's said there. They're so, just like, <laughs> they're like, let's do it because we can. <laughs> so, yeah. They're like, no, no, we're not going to be liches. <laughs> we're going to build something better than yeah, a lich. exactly. We need to build something last. How many liches would it take to kill the... A, or to put the Tarrasque to sleep? Um, I would think in head-to-head combat, four liches minimum. Minimum, okay. Minimum. Um, so you just got to hope that the that the Tarrasque doesn't like continuously crit throughout the combat or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll fuck the liches <laughs> up. Okay. Yeah. Well, safely, to safely beat the Tarrasque, would you require like eight liches or like ten liches? I, uh, confidently, eight liches, I eight. think. Confidently, you could... You could be it, done with the Tarrasque. So, so does the Tarrasque have like a lair? Is it like one of those kind of monsters? The lair is the earth itself. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in my lair all this time. So regardless of the lore that, that you use for its origin, the idea is that this abomination is said to slumber in some deep secret place in the earth, and when it awakens, destruction follows. Okay. That's basically all that needs to be said about, like, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, like, it, this is just... 
God, this is actually just Godzilla. It's just Godzilla, yeah. And uh, this is often a, a campaign ender. It's like, okay, well, the campaign's over. Everyone's level 20. What do we do now? It's like, okay, well, let's, the Tarask shows up. Deal with it. And if they do, it's like, okay, let's start a new campaign. It's like the end of, uh, <laughs> it's like the end of Holy Grail when the police show up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, fuck it. <laughs> what do we so, do now? This. So the, the destructive potential of the Tarask is truly so vast that many of the cultures across like the various D&D worlds have incorporated the Tarrasque into their their own religious doctrine so they they paint the Tarrasque as a form of like divine judgment like that that comes down upon mankind or whatever you know for not being good enough the gods are mad <laughs> time to wake up this bad boy right and it's said that Tarrasque is likely responsible for the sudden destruction of entire uh, ancient civilizations that just kind of vanished without a trace okay like you know some lore was like oh yeah this ancient empire just vanished everyone uh was was killed and all their cities were destroyed and we have like these last records of like mentioning of a great reptilian beast emerging from the earth and that's the last thing we got (laughs) it was like a stone tablet that they like they happened to find the two broken pieces before the trust like did its body slam exactly well it it reminds me (laughs) like frantically like hammering (laughs) a picture of it like look i they must know people must know Well, it reminds me of um, in the Mines of Moria in uh, Fellowship of the Ring when they when they find the book, the the um, the historical record of the dwarves, and they're like it came from the deep. Oh yeah, you know drums in the deep and all that. So it's it's similar to that. It's like you an know? H.P. Lovecraft story where they're writing about how the monster is coming up the stairs, like like in their journal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> like that. That's that's a really good one. Yeah. So yeah, so in addition to Pask, uh, the Trask was unkillable, like I said before. Um, it had boundless endurance and magical and a magical connection with the material plane. So that's part of the reason that it's unkillable. So it's said to be inherently connected to the world and like cannot die unless the world is destroyed. Okay. So long as the material plane uh, uh, it continues to exist, the Trask cannot die. It's what's her face from uh, from Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, it's kind of like Hella. Like yeah, she's it's tied like to to Asgard. Yeah, it's very yeah. similar to that. That's cool. Um, That's a cool power. Yeah, and it's theorized that one way to actually kill the Tarascus is if you could trick it into another plane of existence <laughs> and just so leave what, it there or kill it there. What are we talking about intelligence wise? Um, not not. Okay, so <laughs> I think like a five is what it's listed in the monster manual. We'll look yeah, at the stats. Yeah, so there's like a, a level of intelligence where you could trick somebody with words still because they're dumb. But right. this is like below that. Yeah, you got to de- definitely dangle some bait to get it go through the giant portal. Okay, so what would bait the Tarask? Um, I mean, a giant lamb chop. I don't know. Like, <laughs> the biggest lamb chop. The biggest lamb chop. Okay. Yeah. That, you know. that, was a terrible that actually answer. doesn't sound too hard to do. So you know, meat? Like meat. Like, I mean, food. It likes to eat. It, it likes does. to destroy. I mean, honestly, this is how I would do it. Giant portal, and then I would have like a, a massive illusion spell going that to okay. simulate like a town. Yeah. It's like, go. There it is. Destroy yeah. it. Go you, get that. Go it get goes it, for it, you know? <laughs> Big old smile on his face. Throw the biggest fucking tennis ball. Right. And he just like goes into the city (laughs) and then he closes the portal. Or a dog bone or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's pretty easy to defeat the Trask then. The bones of a thousand dragons. (laughs) Okay. So in my my search for Trask lore, um, there wasn't a whole ton of it, but I did find a really cool story in Dragon Magazine 359. um, And it tells a story about the earliest recorded appearance of the Trask in ancient times. And the story tells of a of an ancient elven empire in its mighty capital called Starfall. Now, this city was supposed to be like the mightiest and most magically advanced city in the world. And it was protected by this magical barrier known as the Starfall Shield. 
That's cool. And um, That's pretty cool. It was said to be the greatest magical creation the elves had ever achieved to date. And it was written that it was the coolest shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, the main thing about the Starfall Shield was it devoured any type of magical attack against it. Oh, it just wow. completely absorbed it. Um, it even was strong enough to completely stop ancient dragons. And it, it tells the story of like this mighty fell dragon, like uh, crashing into it and trying to like just physically puncture this barrier. And it basically was frozen in the barrier completely and trapped. And then they just killed it where it, where it was oh, stuck in the sky. Nice. Yeah. It's like so. a big net. Yeah, and that's an ancient dragon. That's exceptionally powerful. Right. So, so yeah. So that's cool. There's a lot of lore about dragons getting tricked by um, by bubbles like that, like barrier bubbles. I know right. they do that in Crit Roll for a little bit, where they had like a like a bubble that was like kind of the dragon would just like fly by and didn't know there was a city there. Kind oh, of. Oh, that's deal. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. kind of like like Wakanda, where it's all hidden. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. cool. Oh like yeah, that. lots of dope. parallels. Harry Potter, you yeah. know, when they're just oh, yeah. like they, yeah, that scene with Voldemort, and he's like, "You all suck. Let me blow this fucking castle's bubble up." Right. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like that, Brian. Um, <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. So, so Starfall, it exists and it's mighty and all this other good shit. And um, the, elves, the, vibranium. the elves are really, really <laughs> secure in their kind of supremacy over the world at this point. Again, this is almost in time immemorial. So, it's a long, long time ago. But rumors start emerging uh, from the far-flung corner of the Empire of this gargantuan beast that is awakened. Okay. And it begins to destroy Elven City after Elven City, and nothing they do stops it. They have, like, hosts of war mages, armies of knights. They they hurl every bit of might they have against this thing, and it just does nothing. Um, the great dragons of good, they all descend upon this monstrosity to fight it, and they're all slain. They have a bunch of broken, like, level 18 characters doing, like, polearm tricks, and it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> not working. Um, the mountain that then separated Starfall from the rest of the Empire ends up being destroyed as the, the monster, the Tarras, simply walks through it like oh, it's wow. nothing. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and then it comes again, up against the Starfall shield, and it shatters the shield. And the beast threw, throws down the great city and devours and slays everything. Then when all is destroyed and the empire uh, is left in ruins and untold thousands are killed, the beast lumbers back into the earth and disappears again, never to be seen again until it is later. It's never <laughs> to be seen again until until, until, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> it here and now. So in all, the Tarrasque is, is more akin to a force of nature than a monster right. or an insidious villain. It's, it's, it hungers, it destroys, and uh, before it tires and slumbers in, in for a millennium or whatever. Or sometimes an hour. Or sometimes an hour. Yeah. Like we're about to. Indeed. Time to take a short rest. <laughs> <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we were talking about. We're talking about something uh, smaller in scale, but larger in our hearts. It's you and how much we love you. We love you. Indeed we do. Love you so much. Indeed. Oh man. I'm full. I'm welling up with love. (laughs) We'll pop the bubble. Um, no, we want to we want to mention some specific people we love. Um, let's see here. We have Scott Ryman. Thank you for becoming a patron, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Uh, also, uh, Gray Gagne. I think it's pronounced Gagne. It's G-A-G-N-I-E-R. Thank you, Gray. Uh, and then we got Alex Martinez. Thank you, Alex. And then we got Sean Duncan. Thank you, Sean. And then we got uh, Mauricio Carvalho. Thank you, Mauricio. Thank you guys so much for becoming patrons. Uh, I hope you guys are all enjoying your bonus content. Make sure that you are checking it out because it's real cool. And uh, I'm looking at the tier pledges, and you guys are hitting you guys are hitting it all over. So thank you guys so much. Um, uh, what do we What do we got to talk about today? Um, I think today we wanted a shout out to our live play on YouTube, Super Quest Saga. Where me, Brian, and a couple other members of the Dungeon Cast crew uh, sit around, play some Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, we play a very special game. It's a space cyberpunk game. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So we've kind of it's space opera, space cyberpunk. It's we're in space. It's D and D five e and yep. fucking awesome. And Indeed. I think you guys should really uh, go watch it. It's on <clears throat> it's on YouTube. If you go uh, search the Dungeon Cast, you will find it along with our other our other stuff we do on this channel, which is podcast. Indeed. Yeah. So, things are moving along. You're, you guys are exploring decrepit spaceships and, and learning all kinds of weird space goblin we're lore. To turn on the anti. We're try, trying to turn on the regular gravity on the ship right now. Yeah, <clears> the <throat> artificial yeah. gravity. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, God. Now you. Re- I think. I think. Uh, robots. Robots with, with lightsabers are yeah. happening. We're yeah. about to get attacked by robots with lightsabers. Indeed. I'm gonna shoot it with my. So yeah, go check it out to see if they survive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back to the show. All right, we're back. We've returned. Indeed. So everything that's been said, I think it's pretty obvious. So Tarask really is like truly a fine, it's final boss material. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's final, final boss material. It really it's is. It's that hidden boss you find it's after the true. final boss. That's, that's exactly like way, right. randomly way stronger. 
It's not the final boss. It's the ultimate boss. It's, it's ult- not Ultimessia. It's the Omega weapon. Yeah. Indeed. Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII reference for anyone who loves the Final Fantasy VIII, which I do. So, <laughs> so that being said, um, it's often used as a campaign ender, but I have a couple ideas to have a campaign kind of surrounding the concept of the Tarrasque. So it's not just a campaign ender. It's a campaign starter. That's that's how I feel about it. It can okay. be. It, it often is not used as one, but I think it, it can be. In a, I, even it should be. That's so. my that's my adventuring hook. The Tarrasque ate my mom. <laughs> right. I'm going to kill that bad boy. <laughs> so my uh, so I got two campaign ideas. The first one I just call Final Fantasy X style, which is essentially <laughs> it's the plot to Final Fantasy X. Uh, I don't know if you played Final Fantasy X. But I've, played, I've played it. I didn't finish it. So in Final Fantasy X, spoilers for Final Fantasy X. I'm just going to say that right Final now. Final Fantasy X, If you spoilers, haven't played it, turn off the podcast. Minimal but kind of important spoilers. Fast forward a minute or so so in final fantasy 10 the world that you're in is periodically terrorized by this enormous gargantuan monstrosity known as sin and it returns every once in a while usually yeah. it takes years sometimes decades um but always a group of adventurers has to go along a certain uh path to gain the power to basically put it back to sleep deep beneath the ocean and kill it with 3d soccer sure Wait, what? <laughs> Don't you remember that soccer bubble? Oh, the um, Blitzball. Blitzball, yeah. that's Blitzball. what it's called. Sorry, it's 3D, 3D soccer. soccer. It is 3D soccer, though. <laughs> You're right. Um, but yeah, so so Sin returns and is slowly but surely destroying civilization, and a party of adventurers must attempt to gain the power and knowledge to stop it. Bam, there's your campaign. There you go. Like The Tarrasque has emerged, and this is a thing people know about, and you got to go around trying to figure out uh, or trying to gain the power that need be gained to put it back deep beneath the earth. Cool. It's probably like a real slow start where you're just asking like barkeeps how to kill the Tarrasque. And right. They're like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, definitely start slow. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my first campaign idea. That one's kind of a lazier one, but I think it's just a solid framework that you can work with. Like, you could do, I mean, yeah, you just input the interesting things. Not that that's not interesting. It is interesting, but like input the, the like, like dress it up on the, the journey, you know, like, right. I mean, you can, if you want actually find, f- follow the final fantasy 10 plot. But my point here is like, it's the same, uh, premise. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So my, my second idea, my more favorite one, I just call the great Kaiju battle. And so this <laughs> requires giving the Trask a huge power boost in the end game because of the way it goes down. So it's kind of the same as the final fantasy 10 one where the Trask emerges and you have to figure out what to do to stop it. Right. But in this one specifically, I had the idea of, well, what if you, in order to stop the Tarrasque, the only way to stop it, because it's just so powerful, is to, I don't I don't know if I want to use the word capture or tame, but to ally yourself and bring into your, bring an alliance about between the four elder elementals that are presented in uh, Mordenkind and Somaphos. Okay, yeah. So Mordenkind and Somaphos presents these four like elder elementals that are super badass. Um, there's the Phoenix, the, Le- the Leviathan, the Elder Tempest, and the Zaratan. I just think it'd be really fucking cool if each player would ride one of these elemental monstrosities into battle against the Tarrasque and duke it out Godzilla style. Oh, Um, cool. Which is why you'd have to give the Tarrasque a huge power boost because these are very powerful monsters and it's four on one. Okay. But it would just be epic as fuck. The Tarrasque. Battle of the Gods. The Tarrasque can now... Uh, cast mirror image right or, or something you know <laughs> and, four. Uh, and just like the phoenix obviously is a giant firebird and the Levi- leviathan's like this giant sea serpent but the elder tempest is like this 20 winged electric kind of a uh, sky serpent oh and God. then zaratan is this giant earth turtle 
Like, <laughs> That's so cool. it'd be super cool. It's just, I, it was the initial thought I had when I opened up Morton Cannons and I saw the elder, uh, elementals. I was like, Oh my God, Tarask fight. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that is really, really cool. So those are my two campaign ideas of how you can integrate the Tarask into your campaign. Or you could just like lift God, the plot of Godzilla off of whatever and True. like ride a giant moth into battle. Yeah. There like you go. On the same, same note. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So that being said, let's actually take a look at 5e's Tarask monster block. Now, I've heard that this is not not as overwhelmingly powerful as some people think the Tarask should be. I've heard oh, that okay. this thing can get taken down by a group of 5 level 20s almost easily. Oh. I don't know how true that is, so. Well, I guess it would depend, like, how, like, that, that comes down to the player, right? Like, how good are you at? at managing combat it also comes down to the dungeon master too but yeah yeah you're, you're right um how many now ones you roll <laughs> i'm definitely curious to see uh any players out there who've actually taken on the 5e tarask uh to to let me know how it goes if you let us know in the comics I, I, i'd be really interested to see how your fight against the tarask went but that being said let's actually take a look at it so it's considered to be a gargantuan monstrosity um and then it's just this titan in parentheses and i'm not sure what that means but uh its armor class is 25, natural armor. That's so. a lot of, that's a big number mm -hmm. for our armor class. Got 676 hit points, which is high, but I, I would have thought it'd be higher. It's manageable at that at the high levels. Yeah. Now, its stats are really, it, this thing is min-maxed. 30 strength, 30 con, 3 intelligence, 11 wisdom, 11 charisma, 11 dexterity. So just <laughs> all strength, all con. Yeah. All I mean, the way. For monsters, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, um, it's, it's immune to fire and poison. Um, it's also immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. It's immune to charm, it's immune to frighten, it's immune to paralyze, and it's immune to poisoned. Um, it also has blind sense, so you can't blind this thing. That's cool. It can just see always everything. It's Toph Beifong from Last Airbender. It sure. can just like see vibrations in the earth. Right. So you feel the air pressure changing as you fly through the sky at it. Right. <laughs> the uh, the Trask is armed with legendary resistance three times a day, which is just if the Trask fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead of it fail. Says, yeah, it says fuck it. Yeah, uh, which is a lot today. of yeah, a lot of things with legendary actions that are like this high CR, they all have that legendary resilience. I think ancient dragons get it, any of the god avatars get it. It's yeah. just yeah. Uh, I think it the makes demon sense. lords like, get it. Like, yeah, I just fucking said no. Like, yeah, exactly. Because I'm god. Um, the Tarask also has magic resistance, which means it has advantage on all saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Period. Okay. So casting spells on it is kind of difficult. It has a reflective uh, carapace, which says anytime the Tarask is targeted by a magic missile spell, a line spell, or a spell that requires a ranged attack roll, roll a d6. On a one to five, the Tarask is unaffected. On a six, the Tarask is unaffected, and the effect is reflected back at the caster as though it originated from the Tarask, turning oh, the no. caster into a target. Now, that's brutal. Because so, so, you know, it has all this resilience against all the saves, right? Yeah. But in order to mitigate the other half of spellcasting, it was a spellcasting attack. That's even harder to hit with actual spell attack. Yeah. It's a, ref it's a reflector. It's like yeah. a, it's like a, a down special in Smash Brothers. You just fucking pop off like a, like fuck your magic missiles. Right. Exactly. And you only have a one, like if you hit the AC, which is a 25. Then you have to pass this yeah, next Yeah, and you only have a one out of six chance to actually pass that. That's oof, that's brutal. Yeah, you're going to be burning slots. And another feature it gets is called Siege Monster. The Tarask deals double damage to objects and structures. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this building. 
That so, makes sense. So those are all the features. That's um, cool. It has a whole host of actions as well. So it has multi-attack. It has a bite action, a claw action. It has its horns and it has its tail. And as it's multi-attack, the Tarrasque can use its frightful presence, which is also something it has. Uh, it then makes five attacks, one with its bite, oh. two with its claws, one with its horn, and one with its tail. <laughs> it, and it can also use its swallow instead of its bite. It just does a Legend of Zelda like barrel roll, like front flip yeah. on the ground. <laughs> it's just attacking you on all sides at all times. <laughs> so um, just to give a taste of what its like melee capabilities is, its bite has a plus 19 to hit. Oh. Um, yeah. It does 4d12 plus 10 piercing damage. If the target is a creature... It is grappled with an escape with an escape DC of twenty. Oh. Uh, until the grapple ends, the target is restrained, and the Taras can bite another. Oh, can't bite another target. Oh, because it's so biting it, you. So it can get a guy with its mouth. And then if the Taras has grappled and uh, after biting someone, it can swallow. And the Taras makes the Taras makes one bite attack with the swallow against a larger, smaller creature. It is grappling. If the attack hits, the target takes the bite's damage. The target is swallowed, and the grapple ends. Jesus. While swallowed, the creature is blinded and restrained. It has total cover against attacks and other effects outside the Tarrasque, and it takes 56 or 16d6 acid damage at the start of each turn God. in the Tarrasque's belly. She's getting digested. <laughs> the, if the Tarrasque takes 60 damage or more in a single turn from a creature inside of it, the Tarrasque must, must succeed on a DC 20 constitution saving throw at the end of the turn or regurgitate all swallowed creatures, <laughs> which fall prone in a space within 10 feet of the Tarrasque. If the Tarrasque dies, a swallowed creature is no longer restrained by it and can escape. Hopefully you have like really long spears on you or whatever. You can just like kind of like uh, just like shove it in there real slow. Seriously. Until you get vomited. Having to dish out 60 damage from the inside, that's brutal. You're going to die. Yeah. If you're a spellcaster, that's extra brutal because almost anything you do is going to hit you too. What 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 is it gonna calculate to like level eighteen to twenty characters like two three hits you and you're dead, probably like three 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 turns of that and you're dead, maybe. What do you got? At like one fifty four HP? four or five turns max. Yeah. of of sixteen d six acid damage. Yeah, if as long as you don't have like special resistance or whatever. True. And then uh, frightful presence. Each creature of the Trask's choice within one hundred twenty feet of it and aware of it must succeed on a DC seventeen wisdom saving throw or become frightened for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns with disadvantage if the Trask is within line of sight, ending the effect on itself. Ending the effect on itself on a success. If a creature saving throw is successful. Or the effect ends for it. The creature is immune to the Tarrasque's frightful presence for the next 24 hours. So dragons kind of have that too. The frightful yeah. presence, you know, you're scared. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? Well, you're like you're magically yeah. scared. It's you're, different. That's true. You're right. It, it is a more magical. It's that, it's, that, it's that second level. It's that otherworldly fear. So lastly, the Tarrasque gets legendary actions, which as we discussed are actions that it can take. Um, I think uh, is it in its off turn or I think it's just extra actions it can take on its turn that are separate from normal actions. Okay. And so at the start of each of its turn, it has three legendary points that it can spend. And then it has an option of things it can spend those points on. Okay. So, um, the three options are attack, move and chomp. So attack, the Tarrasque makes an extra one claw attack or tail attack. Okay. Move, the Tarrasque moves up to half its speed so it can just move faster. It's got key points. And then for two points, it can chomp. The Tarrasque makes one bite attack or uses its swallow. So it's just more of the same, really. Just more. More attack. Exactly. More so, power. So there you go. That's the Tarrasque. It bites, it stomps, it claws, and it swallows. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Any questions about the Tarrasque, Brian? Um, do you remember that uh, Acquisitions Inc. game 
where they oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where they fight the Tarrasque. They fight the Tarrasque, <laughs> but yeah. they're in like a giant like they're, they're in a giant robot. They're in much. a giant like stone, stone robot. robot. Yeah. yeah like that they, was a great episode. They yeah. find it in like a cavern and they yeah. beat like some ninjas or what the hell was it? I a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. But they awaken Halister Black Cloak's like ancient magical thing that he created, which is a giant robot. Yeah, and they, yeah. they fight the Tarrasque and they beat it. Yeah, I think they fight it on top of the city of Waterdeep. Was it Waterdeep? It was one. It was definitely a city, and they definitely it, destroyed a bunch of it. It was either Waterdeep or it was Neverwinter. Either way, they fought. They fought the Tarrasque in a giant robot on top of a city. I know. Uh, I know that we're we're not like in, super into like Forgotten Realms on this show. Yeah. I, I mean, we recognize that it's like a the major setting, right? Um. Do you, in Forgotten Realms, do you happen to know where the Tarrasque would be canonically? I think like, I read is it under Waterdeep. Um, well, no, not canonically. I mean, okay. maybe now I mean, after you could, that. Obviously, you could put it wherever. But um, the the only thing that I really read about Forgotten Realms, Tarrasque lore, um, the there was an empire called Netheril, and it was said that the Tarrasque slept deep within the earth in a secret place within the Empire of Netheril. Okay, um, but that was at a certain point of time. Because remember, I told you this continuity spans centuries. Yeah. So like, I don't even I'm not familiar with like the calendar and the the chronology of Forgotten Realms. So yeah, and I'm not even sure what era that was in. There's probably a Forgotten Realms like packet with tectonic plate shifting that has moved the Tarrasque over a certain period of time. Yeah. Man, they, they get like real deep into their fucking like calendars and god lore. Oh and, like, yeah, so it, much. It's shit. the nature of the the setting being around so long ago. Yeah. But if anyone out there actually knows where the Tarrasque may be right now in Forgotten Realms, let us know in the comments. Hashtag where's the Tarrasque yeah, and then tell, t- tweet out to us because <laughs> yeah, exactly. we want to know. Um, so are that we, being said, I think it's time to get ready for a long rest. I think we should get ready for a long rest. And while we're getting ready for our long rest, let, let's talk about TDC Plays, I think. Indeed. So in case you haven't heard, we here at the Dungeon Guest have a gaming channel. It's called TDC Plays. It's a it's a sister channel. It's heavily, heavily, uh, what's the word? Affiliated. Connected, affiliated. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we play video games. So go check it out if you want to hang out with us and, uh, and watch us play video games. I think right now we got a... Pokemon Heart Gold run. It's a it's a Nuzlocke run, and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've had some deaths. We've we've had some Pokemon deaths, but we've had some Pokemon victories as well. So, so it's been so a lot of fun. We don't focus on the Pokemon death. We just focus on the Pokemon life. Indeed. Um, you guys are also playing Outlast, which has been yes. fun to hear you scream as I edit. Yes. Um, yes. It's been very scary yeah. <laughs> and frustrating. <laughs> I think we recently had a rage quit. Like I was <laughs> I was furious at the games at the gameplay of. Ah, I don't want to talk about it. Um, Smash Brothers is on its way. Um, we've got some plans to get that going. We're all getting, everybody's getting used to Smash Brothers right now. There's a lot of talk about (laughs) Smash Brothers and this is, I think this is a good segue into our discord. Um, there's a link below for the discord. We highly encourage all of you to join it. If you're, if you have more specific questions that you're not getting from this episode or et cetera, if you want to talk about this episode, if you want to talk about things you did in Dungeons and Dragons with people who play Dungeons and Dragons, if you want to talk about your dog, come to our discord. Um, there's a lot of really great stuff going on there. Um, thank you so much to the moderators. Indeed, um, thank you guys so much. You guys are doing the. Uh, you guys are doing great work. You guys really are, and the community there is top notch. I really, I love diving into the conversation or just watching the conversation, and seeing what people are talking about. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're like uh, we're like 300 strong going into the the 400. I mm-hmm. think at the time of this recording. So right. um, yeah, come come on by. It's it's been really rewarding to be in there and interact with everybody who listens to the show. Um, and that being said, if you are a member of the Patreon, uh, you have a special link to a special channel in our Discord. So Indeed come check that do. out. Yeah, that's true. Um, we have links below for our YouTube channel, uh, Super Quest Saga, the Patreon, where we play a superhero game in the $10 tier. You can yeah. check that out. We have games in the $5 tier that you can listen to. Um, you get your name shout out on the show, obviously, if you listen to the short rest. Sure. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, and uh, just of note, we are we do still have ad space available. Um, thanks to the Dungeon Booth for sponsoring this episode. Um, we highly encourage you guys to check that out. Also, um, we have uh, ad space at our mid roll and at the back end of the podcast. So if you guys want to reach out about ad space, um, let us know. Yeah, let us know. <clears throat> we're we're happy to work with anybody. Um, we'll read your ad. We'll send it to you before we post it. It's it's a it's been a great experience so far working yeah. with other creators. So. Um, yeah, uh, do we got any anything else we want to mention? I don't think so. So with that being said, let's call it a let's game. Call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. We'll see you guys next year. Yeah. <laughs>